Hello and welcome to We the People. Antibiotics are important drugs. Antibiotics are one of the greatest advances in medicine. Many antibiotics can successfully treat bacterial infections, they can prevent the spread of disease, and they can reduce serious disease complications. However, antibiotics can also harm you if used improperly or, or if overused. And now, you may be thinking that this is a known fact. You may be wondering, why are we talking about this on We the People? Well, take a look at this. The latest Lancet study says that Indians are overusing antibiotics, that we are using them without proper guidance, and this inappropriate antibiotic use is creating a worrying antibiotic resistance. In new research conducted by the Lancet Regional Health Southeast Asia uh, has found out that India is the largest antibiotic consumer in the world when it comes to absolute volumes. But despite that, there is no formal system of antibiotic use like surveillance, any checks and balances systems in place like we have in the US and Europe. And that's not all. The WHO, the World Health Organization, has also warned that antibiotic resistance is one of the world's most urgent health problems right now. So I hope that answers your question. That's why we're talking about this on our show today, because it affects us, we the people. And joining us for more on this is Dr. Shafi Fazaluddin Koya, co-author of the Lancet study, a research fellow at Boston University, the School of Public Health in Massachusetts in the United States. We have Dr. Gagandeep Kang, a professor at the Christian Medical College in Velo, co-author of Till We Win, India's Fight Against the COVID-19 Pandemic. We have Dr. S.K. Sareen, Vice-Chancellor at ILBS. That's, of course, the Institute of Liver and Biliary Sciences here in the national capital. We have Dr. Rahul Pandit, Director of Critical Care at Fortis Hospitals in Mumbai, a member of the National COVID-19 Task Force. And we have Dr. Sunil Agar, Professor of Excellence in Community Medicine, a member of the Lancet Commission on the COVID India Task Force. But uh, Dr. Shafi Koya, uh, first to you as a research fellow, a co-author of the Lancet study, thank you so much for joining us. What were, uh, the when the findings came out, did they surprise you and your team? Why are they so worrying? Why should we all be concerned? Uh, first of all, thank you for uh, having me uh, in your show tonight, uh, discussing one of the very important public health problems that we should be discussing more frequently. Um, this this study that uh, you know that was published by the Lancet uh, um, Regional Southeast Asia uh, Journal, um, we we undertook this with an understanding that uh, you know as uh, as a country we uh, have a lot of uh, um, inappropriate consumption of drugs in general and also antibiotics uh, in particular, which is more important because as the world discussed, you know, just next to climate change, uh, you know, antibiotic resistance or antimicrobial resistance is a great threat to the existence of uh, human race. Um, so, uh, of course, we had a lot of studies previously, but for the first time, we tried to use some of the globally accepted measures like the access watch, Reserve categorization along with the standard measure, uh, you know, irrespective of different package size and strength that we see in the Indian market. So that's, that's the, uh, you know, particularity of, uh, of, of our study that uh, we would like to um, put across. So uh, of course we found there's a uh, large volume of inappropriate use of uh, newer uh, uh, molecules and products uh, that should be used sparingly. But we also found that we have a, a reason 
or we have a scope for, to improve it if we come up with some more better regulatory frameworks. So I think mm. that's a plus point. So we have a chance to improve the situation. So we can still turn this around, you're saying? It's that's not exactly, beyond. exactly. Okay, fascinating. I want to get to that. Uh, but Dr. Sareen, we are a, you know, I'm not sure if this is the right word, sensational statement here. We have Dr. Koya saying that, you know, this is akin to climate change. It's as serious as climate change. So, Dr. Sareen, if you could explain to us, I mean, again, just a reminder here, these, this is the, uh, our viewers, we need to speak in like layman terms, simplify things for our viewers because this is serious. We want to understand why it is. What is this bacterial resistance then or antibiotic resistance and why is it a threat to global public health? As the WHO says and Dr. Koya says it's as serious as climate change. Thank you, Sarah, for raising this point at a public uh, forum like, you know, we the people. And I think I agree with uh, Dr. Shafi that it is as probably important as climate change. Let's understand where do these bacteria come from. Each one of us has in our intestines about one and a half kilograms of bacteria. They are commensals. They are our friends. They are the ones, these bacteria process your food and make it usable. They extract the energy from the food. So they are good for us. But we spoil them and we spoil them by using antibiotics right from childhood. A little bit of cough and cold and the mom and the dog, they give antibiotics to the child. And this goes throughout. And this is very common in our country. So when you use an antibiotic, some of the good friends also die with the bad bugs. And the bugs keep changing in their own system. So you are all aware of the COVID system. There is a resistance. The vaccines don't work. How one part of the when part of the virus goes to the other and they join and they make a new. That's a mutant. Mm. If you give antibiotics off and on, the bacteria which you have they change. They become resistant and they will not work when you give the same antibiotic next time. So, in simple terms, antibiotic resistance develops from misuse, and sometimes you don't take a full course. Half use, repeated use, using a friend's prescription, he has taken this, so I also take it. So this kind of an approach, when you are not using the right drug for the correct pathogenic bacteria, and 30 to 50 percent of our prescriptions are unnecessary or are smaller in quantity, smaller in duration, unnecessary. Because of all this, our intestinal bacteria change. Now, how do they get out from intestine? They get out into the blood. If you are taking, I shouldn't say alcohol or something, a beverage which causes leakiness of your gut. So your gut is a tight compartment. Yeah. From this, the bacteria cannot go. But if they go out, they go into your system and slowly with different kinds of antibiotic repeated usages, they become superbugs. They won't at all work and the antibiotics become useless for us. So, so they and kind I of think become like a mutant, strange strain and no yes. nothing you throw at them, no medicine you throw at them works. You have to keep discovering or coming up with new medication, which we obviously... You are responsible. Have. You are yourself no, no, responsible. No, wait, wait, wait. Uh, you're saying you are responsible. Let me bring in Dr. Kang over here. Dr. Kang, you know, I find this very worrying because... You know, can't we assume that we, the people, when we go to a doctor, the doctor tells us what we're supposed to do, what we need to do, and that's what we do. I mean, are we also supposed to now be informed on our own, uh, this informed to be reading up, to be aware of what the Lancet studies, etc. are saying? Um, why are we responding? I mean, who is responsible? 
Dr. I Kat? think uh, that antibiotics need to be really restricted. If your doctor gives you two antibiotics as an outpatient, change your doctor and your antibiotic. But um, that's easy to say, harder to do, because frequently people don't even know what is and is not an antibiotic. Yeah. Yeah. So the general principle is if you have a fever for less than three days, if you have respiratory symptoms and you're not bringing up anything that does not look yellow or green, do not take an antibiotic. If you have diarrhea, do not take an antibiotic. They are completely unnecessary. Most of these infections are caused by viruses and they will clear up by themselves. Antibiotics need to be taken under supervision. And some of the argument that is made for free access to antibiotics in India is that in remote locations, for example, children could get very sick and could die if we did not make antibiotics very freely available. But those antibiotics that are made freely available need to be a very restricted set of antibiotics. Instead, we have access to the highest end antibiotics in pharmacies across the country. So what we really need is regulation and control of antibiotics, the way we control opiates, for example. Mm. And that is simply not being done. So uh, I just want to understand this again. I think something very important and that maybe many of us have forgotten because I know that this is flu season. And, you know, especially parents, we are dealing with children who have got either swine flu or there's dengue or there's hand, foot and mouth. I mean, this is, of course, over and above COVID. We don't know whether it's COVID. So in the middle of all of this, there are these flus and parents are just trying to fix their kids. And uh, we go to doctors and many of them are perhaps taking antibiotics. So what Dr. Garg is saying, uh, uh, what matters? just said over there, uh, Dr. Dang, is that if you have three days of fever, it's okay. We don't have to throw medicines at yourself. I think that's basically what doctor is saying over there. Uh, Dr. Kang was uh, trying to say to all of us over there. But uh, do I have Dr. Pandit, Dr. Rahul Pandit? Okay. So, uh, Dr. Sarin, then to you first, because un According to the Center for Diseases Control and Prevention, about one third of antibiotic use in people is not needed or appropriate, which is also what Dr. Kang was just saying over there. But the researchers at Boston University and the Public Health Foundation of India in this study have said they've pointed out to two drugs, erythromycin 500 mg as a tablet. They say that is the most consumed antibiotic formulation, followed by cefeximine 200 can you, uh, just for the lay viewer watching, what are they used for? What advice would you have to any one of our viewers who may be watching the show and realizing that they may be on this and uh, may perhaps are not using it appropriately? What are these two drugs used for? Why are they so commonly used? The common infections in India, the azithromycin or cefeximine, these are very commonly used drugs. And they are the, you know, we must know how the antibiotics work first. The antibiotics work by breaking the wall of the, penetrating the wall of the bacteria, changing its metabolites, changing the way the bacteria forms. Yeah. All these antibiotics work like that. And this is the first antibiotic from the time of penicillin. This is the way they work. Now, the two antibiotics that people are using, they were used very often in the COVID times, which were not really required. Mm. You know, that's a virus 
that is causing your infection and viruses are not treated by antibiotics viruses can allow other bacteria to get in but that doesn't occur at all mm. so it is clear that antibiotics are misused overused and i totally agree with dr kang that first 3 days we don't give just give paracetamol and see how it works and your body has resistance enough body makes its own antibiotics and can kill them clearly hmm. and secondly if you are given an antibiotic please ask your doctor is it specific the country lacks rapid antibiotic testing devices you know sensitivity to a drug is required and hmm. we don't have it takes 2 to 3 days So what doctors would do? You go for cough and cold. They will send urine culture and sensitivity. It will come in three days time. You give your sputum. It comes in two three days time. By that time, you have fever, so you are worried. So one of the doctors will prescribe an antibiotic, which in my mind is not necessary. Only if you have a specific bug, you treat that bug. In the US, every prescription of a doctor, especially for high end antibiotics, is monitored. You are actually yeah. you lose your license. But here we overprescribe. And we don't have that system of checks and balances. But again, I wish I had one of those, you know, uh, uh, graphics that were that would uh, boom in and out myth versus fact. So there's a myth over there. Let's try and bust that. What doctor has just pointed out: antibiotics are not to be given for viruses. I somehow, I, I feel a little silly also just repeating this because I think this is something we should all know, especially as parents, especially as you know, full-grown adults. But clearly, that's not the case. If you look at the study that's come out saying that Indians are misusing, and we're the biggest misusers of antibiotics globally. So the do not give antibiotics for viruses the body's immune system can fight off some viruses uh, others like colds all our doctors these are the experts uh, you know biggest experts in the country they're saying colds coughs just need to run their own courses and antibiotics do not work against viruses let's bring in uh, dr pa- uh, dr rahul pandit uh, does join us uh, now we finally have him so uh, dr pandit what what happens um you know what happens if you do overuse or wrongly use antibiotics does that also have side effects what does this mean for you what does this mean for all of us uh you know as a community yeah good evening thank you very much for having me on the show so it's not just that we are over prescribing antibiotics when yeah. we are actually consuming them we are consuming them in inadequate doses and inadequate duration and probably the wrong antibiotic for the bug that's the first problem i agree with uh, dr sarin and dr kang that for viruses we really don't need to have any any ba- antibiotics to be prescribed the problem is somebody like me who works purely in intensive care unit yeah right now when i get a patient who is critically ill and is referred to me from a secondary or a primary center hmm. majority of the time the highest antibiotic has already been given to him or her few wow. days ago and that really leaves us with the very few options to actually use and when we do get culture and sensitivity positive on these patients many a times majority of the antibiotics are resistant and then we have to really work hard to go back to some of the antibiotics which we were using say two or three decades ago something like colistin which has been uh, the polymixing group of antibiotic which was used several decades ago is now something we have started using quite regularly for the last 8 to 10 years in our icu and people are moving uh, and looking at various other antibiotics which could be useful for these multi drug resistant organisms because by the time they reach icu they are already into uh, organ dysfunction 
sometimes unfortunately in multi organ dysfunction oh, so we God. don't have lot of time and there is no luxury available with us to get a quick understanding of what the resistant pattern mm. is going to be so we need uh, we need to have good tools to understand what the resistant pattern is something is coming up in terms of the pcr based techniques which we are now which we are now having it but it's very expensive and probably out of reach for many of our countrymen hmm. the second problem is that uh, when we when these patients do come and we do use a combination of antibiotics they have their own problems sometimes with the combination we actually give them some bacterias or some problems like uh, clostridium difficile for example which may worsen the gut and the flora of the gut which dr sarin was so nicely alluding to and make us more sicker than what we were so everything actually is a jigsaw and the jigsaw needs to be solved at the bottom level which is stop the prescription of antibiotics so that when we move across in the forward direction we will be right you're yeah, basically complicating matters making things so can i if i can just sum up please correct me just cut in if i'm wrong so you're saying this would lead to more serious illnesses longer recoveries uh more frequent longer hospital stays clearly in icu um and more expensive treatment also and and, and perhaps uh, mortalities as well as well as complications of the anti multiple antibiotics which we will be using mm. now i work also in some in, in australia for two weeks in a year if i have to prescribe anything more than a first generation antibiotic even as a icu specialist yeah. i have to take the permission of id specialist mm. that's the that's the kind of prescription policies we need to bring in mm. so that checks are put in on people who can be prescribing and who could not be prescribing dr sunila garg why do we not have these checks and balances in place i i mean the irony is we have a panel of doctors and all the doctors are saying that this is a, a huge problem we have in india but it's actually doctors who are prescribing this and it's us i mean i think i'm a lay person i go to my doctor i do what my doctor tells me to do i'm not deciding on my own what medicine to take or going to the pharmacist so dr sunila garg please explain to us why why in india is it that we are the largest consumers globally in terms of volume but we have the weakest links we have the weakest chains no checks and balances nobody is checking doctors nobody is um, checking anyone uh, thank you sarah first of all for having me on the show number one quickly coming to a point now first of all i'll tell you india is the country where standard treatment guidelines are available with every medical council but the lack of implementation and sensitization of providers is one of the important things another thing is that that now we have got various categories of drugs something like when we are talking of antibiotics antitypical drugs or not we have got h category of drugs where you know pharmacist is supposed to keep the prescription for 3 years and these are kept in the red color box with a red border that is there so this is one thing where the implementation part and drug inspectors have got a very very important and critical role to play that means one is on the part of sensitization of the providers to prescribe the drugs as per standard treatment guidelines and also in our country we see that mixopathy is quite very common that's where you know a person from one system of medicine will provide another system so that's where the checks and balances are very very important so we need to and we already have categorization of drugs which are you know used for common illnesses which are used in anti narcotics and all that Uh, and then we also have got this h category h1 category of drugs so this is which is most commonly misused so we need to have you know uh, we should see that for every district we have you know a district inspector on an average a district will have about 3500 pharmacies that is and then you know for them to be monitored that is another thing which you know we have to you know kind of uh, put the mechanisms in place so that you know 
the pharmacy level is also checked and there is no prescription prescribed at the pharmacy level mm. because sometimes people directly go to the pharmacy they have their own doctors who just write the medicine so that is another important thing which you have to keep in mind that always whenever you have got another uh, that when you are going for a different illness or when you are going for a same, do consult your provider that is one of the important things and this is now we are sitting the world is sitting on the time bomb of antimicrobial resistance i'll say when we talk of russia when we talk of brazil when we talk of different regions within the world we are but we are worried about india let's say that and then you know we we are the larger consumers of antibiotics this is where rational use of antibiotics is very very important Rational news is very important. But what is the government doing? What do we have in place? Let's get in Dr. Gaganti Kang again. Uh, Dr. Kang, I mean, do we have the basic information? I mean, I'm I'm not sure. I'm asking from the point of view of uh, a layman, a public, an Ahmadmi who falls sick. What is there to protect us in terms of informing us when we go to buy some medicine or to go to our doctors? Like, for example, do we even have information on our medicines that tell us what medicine is an antibiotic and what isn't? Uh, like, uh, you know, you buy a pack of cigarettes now after all of these years, decades of fighting, you have that, you know, big warning saying this is injurious or whatever. Do we even have that basic, simple literature to protect uh, the people? Yes, we do. And in fact, uh, we have warnings that say that antibiotics should not be sold without a prescription. And yet they are widely sold without prescriptions. And this is the problem. It's not that we don't have the rules on paper when it comes to antibiotic stewardship, to guidance for the appropriate use of antibiotics. We have reams and reams of guidance that has been published. But in terms of implementation of how people access antibiotics, not very much has been done. Not very much has been done. Okay, lastly, uh, Dr. Shafi, then to you, what, um, you know, what quickly, five points, what do the public need to know going forward? Uh, this is flu season. We have dengue coming. This is in the north, at least, of uh, the, the capital. We have all of these things being thrown around. What do we need to know? Um, top five tips before we wind up. Uh, before before i just uh, go into that you know uh, you know just to add to the discussion you know we have we have to see that you not know, these things happen not in isolation there's a lot of externalities we have to have regulations we have to have stewardship program for doctors to improve yes. their prescription uh, you know we have to improve the supply of antibiotics through our public health system which the government is definitely uh, attempting to do uh, which will decrease the sort of prescription burden in the private sector which is more unorganized so for the for the common man, I would suggest a, a few things as you as you asked. First thing is like and as our uh, esteemed panelists mentioned, for the initial two or three days of your uh, your cold or fever, you know, try to take with paracetamol or, or home remedies and and do not go for antibiotics. Second, when you go to a doctor to get an antibiotic, uh, you go to a qualified doctor, which I, I know it's easy to say it's not difficult, it's not easy and practical in in many of our uh, rural areas. Third. When even when you are when you have a doctor, you know, the doctors are also under pressure. They should know that you know when when they do not prescribe an antibiotic, he is concerned that oh he doesn't know, oh, no he he is not prescribing the right drug. So there we need a cultural shift. We need a practical shift in this in this practice. 
when a doctor say you can you can politely ask you know doctor we should should we wait for a couple of days and start this or the doctor will be extremely happy if you ask that and doctor mm. will say okay it's good to wait for a couple of days before you i give the prescription but don't buy it now so that you know that develops a, a mutual trust and doctors also yeah. feel confident not to prescribe more antibiotics when the patient come back um fourth pharmacy shops they have a huge responsibility kindly refrain from giving an antibiotic especially the the broad spectrum and the the the, the newer mm. antibiotics you know see linazolid which is a very uh, very 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 you know antibiotic which has to be uh, safely used it is it is given out of every 1000 antibiotics doses use eight is coming from linazolid it's, it's extremely yeah. dangerous you know we we need those antibiotics to be uh, you know safe and and to be used for uh, extremely difficult patients so pharmacist has as a response government strengthen the regulations include more antibiotics into the h1 schedule which uh, dr mentioned uh, uh, right now we need more antibiotics to be included into that list to expand the list of uh, drugs which needs more stringent uh, observation in terms of prescription and sales uh, okay. improve antibiotics in the public sector all right okay dr pandit i i i think i can squeeze in another 30 seconds so let me quickly ask you another point that i don't think we've touched upon enough basic fact basic information for all of us note to self uh, all of you were talking about you know uh, when you feel better we say okay i'm feeling better now i don't need to continue because why put in all this medicine in my body why is that dangerous it's always tempting to stop taking this antibiotic as soon as you start feeling better because you feel you're done why is that dangerous so when you consume half of your dose or you start feeling better and you stop it you basically leave the bacteria untreated and then what is going to happen is that when well, that that this bacteria will now develop a resistance for this antibiotic and next time when you have this infection again or this infection the present infection starts to worsen again the same antibiotic will not work and you will have to go on to a higher one and that way it will come to a point where most of the antibiotics will not act against the particular germ and that's how the isolates will be present so it's very very dangerous to incomplete the dose you need to complete the dose com- as per the doc- doctor's prescription even if you are feeling better okay well thank you all for joining us so we think this was a public service that we're all trying to do we're also learning in the process just another reminder to everyone watching let's also remember that antibiotics helping drive up drug in hospital costs the more antibiotic resistance spreads we have more common antibiotics including many that are available at generics that will now have to be retired that means our treatment is going to get longer more expensive we're going to need longer treatment so it's in all of our interests that we all act responsibly but for that we also need to be informed of this so thank you all doctors for joining us on the show tonight and doing just that <laughs>